0: Hit one to the Golden Triangle Regional Airport right here. (laughs) Boy, that would be lovely. Here comes the first pitch to the junior from Coleman. And that's a fly ball to deep left field. Tell it goodbye. It's way gone. A grand slam home run. Claire Jenkins It's 4-2 Crimson Tide. Clutch Claire at it again, Tom. And you called it it was a blast to left it went toward columbus mississippi i can tell you that wow the three one pitch is on its way and it's aligned to short and they'll throw to third double play
1: alabama
0: gets out of it no run score here in the bottom of the sixth inning what a play by claire highlight right to Claire Jenkins and running off of third and Tim Bolton has just been ejected oh here we go Tom and rightfully so and he's kicking dirt now on the crew chief Scott Mayer oh boy 1-1 pitch comes in oh, and that hits sides and she is not happy about it oh here we go as well she shouldn't be
2: oh, this is so exciting did, when, was, when was WrestleMania? Was that last
0: weekend? <laughs> it was a couple weekends ago. Oh, my God. But the stare by KB
2: Sides. Oh, man. I love it. I love that kind of intensity from these players.
0: The 0 1 pitch. Wow. Sides takes that one. That was even higher. This is.
2: I'm wow. even looking at our friends from TV. Daniel Laurie looks stunned that that was called a strike. Held up her hands in shock. Boy, that was... Uh, Patrick, yeah, he's out. Yeah,
0: there we go. The 0-1. Wallace slides it the right. He's down for a base hit. One run will score. Two runs will score. Morgan rounds third. Here, no, she will stay in third, but it's a two-RBI double for Skylar Wallace. It's three to one Alabama here in the bottom of the sixth. Skylar Wallace, man, just ropes it down the right field.
2: Had to get the one, and the one was a walk, but by golly, it opened the floodgates.
0: Bouts looks in. The 0 2. Swing and a miss! Strike three! Alabama wins the SEC championship and dog piles in front of home plate. For the sixth time in program history, and the first time since 2014, Alabama is your outright SEC champions. Partner, I'll see you at Bryant-Denny Stadium when we get our ring.
2: Wow. What a moment. The hard work, the months of preparation all season long i mean we talked with patrick murphy at the beginning of the year about how hard the freshman class turned sophomore class worked to be put in this situation and to have a freshman come in and get the final six outs ending it with a strikeout just incredible man tom this, (laughs) this is crazy Welcome in, folks. We are on the road in College Station, Texas at the SEC Softball Tournament. We have been to practice today. And now for Episode 9 of Out of the Box, we are taping at a staple of the Tom's Hungry segment, (laughs) Good Bull Barbecue. All right, thank you, thank you very Mary much. Ray Robertson, Tom Canterbury, here with you as always uh, for this very special on the road segment. Tom, how was your good bowl?
0: I'm so full, but still want more. Is basically <laughs> well, how, I, how I I feel it. I right have a now. plate of ribs in front of me. <laughs> good, so, I'm going to partake in some of that in just a little bit. Yes. But man, this is this is awesome. Like you, like we've talked about. I didn't come the first time because I was asleep until noon that day for some <laughs> reason, but. My goodness, this has definitely lived up to the hype this is This is the Hawaii of barbecue joints. It has lived up to the hype <laughs> you're exactly right, and we are not
2: alone. We are joined by SID extraordinaire Nathan
0: Sheehan. Yay! Uh, all
3: right,
2: yeah. And Alabama pitching coach, Stephanie Van brinkle Yes! Hey! Who, by the way... Speaking of extraordinaire. Yes. Who, by the way, had two of her pitchers yes. win SEC awards today, which you will get Amazing. to in just a moment. Here's your trip around the bases. It is a short episode today. We're at the plate, literally and figuratively, <laughs> yeah. eating barbecue and talking about Alabama, sweeping LSU in Baton Rouge. Oh, that was fun. Amazing. And yes. then winning all of the awards <laughs> then we will advance to first talk about what's happening in the sec tournament what the bracket looks like and the replay rules that are coming the press release finally came out we know what we will be reviewing yes and then we will steal second with the real svp stephanie van Brakel pro yes talk with her about what she did to manage five arms a lot of development
0: going on this Crazy. year, for sure
2: <laughs> and then we will round third and talk about bracketology and then we'll head home and do short predictions, not a lot. And then finally, Tom's Hungry, what the a, most epic of proportions. What a,
0: what a segment it will be, <laughs> Gray, because we have had, from being in Baton Rouge to Crowley, Louisiana, to Houston, to College Station, we have had quite the trip for Tom's Hungry already, and we're not even done yet. It's
2: kind of amazing, the yes. quality of food that we have had, and <laughs> also amazing Alabama's sweep of LSU in Baton Rouge. Three games. One was kind of close. Right. Alabama's up 4 nothing. LSU fought back a little bit, but overall... A pretty dominant showcase by the Crimson Tide, and now undefeated against the RPI top 10. A bunch of those wins, true road games, seven of the nine true road games. I've run out of adjectives to describe what this team has accomplished this year.
0: It, it was really just a uh, an unbelievable weekend. The performance by both the pitching staff, the defense, and the hitting, all three of those, I should say, was just uh, off the charts. In game number one, a pitchers duel through six innings, Montana Fouts and, and Sinceri going back and forth. A lead-off home run, or in the first inning, a home run by Bailey Hemphill, giving Alabama the one-run lead, and it was trying to make that one run stand up. And then the seventh inning, offensive experience, explosion led by Kaylee Tao who we talked about needed to kind of start coming through here in those type of situations with Alyssa Brown and Bailey Hemphill hitting so well got got to take advantage of that and it started happening in that seventh inning of game number one and then at that point, Alabama just had all the momentum for the entire weekend.
2: I wonder if Tao listens to the podcast because <laughs> I, I, I called her by name I oh, wow. said, yeah. you need Kaylee Tao to be a little bit more productive than one for 12 in a series. And she was three for 10 with a double and a home run. First home run in 19 games, I believe is what it was. So good to see Tao get the power back. Bailey Hemphill, a three for eight weekend with the home run as well. Alyssa Brown kept getting on base, but
0: Montana Fouts. My goodness.
2: Nine innings, a win a save, no runs allowed, Yeah, four walks, four strikeouts, unbelievable.
0: Setting the Alabama record for most times as pitcher of the week in the SEC and so well deserved, getting that complete game in game number one and then coming in for the save. Imagine all the options that Patrick Murphy has when he can start Montana Fouts or start Sarah Cornell and bring the other one in in relief, and it's just... And that, that's not even mentioning the other three pitchers who are outstanding, too. So it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous lineup for Alabama in the circle. And then when the, the offense can do what it does, we've seen a lot of times in these big innings, like what happened in the seventh inning on game number one, it's actually the middle to bottom of the order that actually gets things started. Yeah. And they're the ones that are scoring the runs when the, the boppers at the top are knocking them in. And uh, you saw that. And then game number two, as I remember we we mentioned uh, after the game, imagine at the beginning of the season, if we'd have said that Alabama's going to win the SEC and the game winning one in the clinching game would have been a solo home run by Maddie Morgan. Wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> would not have believed it. Like a lot of things that have happened this year, <laughs> would not have believed it. And just getting production from everybody. And it's not every time. Through, but getting the timely hits when yes. you when you need them the most. Bama's not just bulldozing people offensively, but getting timely hits when they need it. It's been outstanding.
2: What have I said for the last couple weeks? When you have the it factor, the it factor does not show up every inning. Otherwise, you're just really good. You don't. It's not something special. Yeah. The it factor shows up when it's needed most, and it has for Alabama
0: at key points. Game number three against LSU. Yes. Getting the sweep. In Baton Rouge, which has not happened since 2005, when someone was pitching for Alabama and hitting pretty well, too. Who was that? I? I don't remember her name, but she was pretty good. <laughs> but that, what a performance in game number three in a game that, in the standings, was virtually meaningless for Alabama. It was good to get, obviously get the win and get to 50 wins on the regular season, but that game meant so much more to LSU than it did to Alabama, and the tide just came out and, and handled the business from the get-go.
2: Yeah, we talked about it. It was, it was Alabama winning because they could. I mean, yeah. they didn't need it. They just did it anyway. <laughs> didn't matter. Good. Good. <laughs> well so done. This is a team that is just absolutely rolling right now, and the awards rolled in as expected. Coach of the year, Patrick Murphy, which, by the way, he was on the first episode of the podcast. He was. And since the podcast's been around, SEC Championship, Coach of the Year Award. <laughs>
0: Just- is and, there a correlation that is for you to decide? I and know. we finally figured out what we need to do in our prediction segment to help things yes. out as well. So <laughs> we'll take credit for that, too. Yeah, too. Freshman of the year, Montana Fouts. No one is surprised. No. Much
2: deserved. She was fantastic all year. And LSU was just the icing on the cake.
0: Montana Fouts, again, like Hawaii, is the good bull barbecue of, uh, <laughs> of Alabama pitchers because she lived up to the hype, you know, have... One of the most highly touted recruits in recent memory in Alabama history coming in and thrown right into the fire. And from the beginning, when we saw what she did to what's turned out to be a really good Arizona team in Tucson, into the SEC, uh, just she's been outstanding and uh, is going to continue to be for the foreseeable future. I'm so
2: excited to see what she does the rest of her career. Sarah Cornell, SEC Pitcher of the Year, a 175 ERA, nine and one record. The transfer from Hofstra, you've said she might be the most important addition on the team all year long. And that proved correct because especially when Montana Fouts went down, somebody had to pick up the slack. It was Sarah Cornell, and she was spectacular.
0: Yeah, second straight year she's won her conference's uh, pitcher of the year. It's crazy. Coming from Hofstra, she was the colonial pitcher last year. And I remember we were watching the uh, South Carolina regional in the clubhouse when Hofstra was – Three outs away from eliminating South Carolina from their own regional with Cornell in the circle, and you could you could see it then there, that she had yeah. she was she had had what it took, and uh, for Patrick Murphy to be able to add her to the arsenal here this year has been just unbelievably huge because not only does it give you that one two punch with Montana Fouts, but it has kept you from having to use all of your depth all the time you can throw in Crystal Goodman like in game number three and she's totally different than the first two and can be just as dominant it's been as big of an addition for what it does for the staff as it is just for her just being an outstanding pitcher which she is so it it was a great uh, compliment to her and to show that Alabama heard the quote number two pitcher the best in the conference
2: yes and also on her birthday happy birthday sarah cornell what
0: a birthday it was here today yes when she got the news
2: all of the candles all of the gifts first team (laughs) all sec sarah cornell montana fouts and bailey Hempel, much deserved as well yeah Um, you know there was a time when she was the nation's leader in rbis and she just continues to crush it yeah. this year and now the power is coming back and being a little bit more
0: consistent after yeah. a couple dry games without a home run I was say you kind of went there was a couple of weeks in the SEC where Bailey wasn't producing as many RBIs and lost a little bit of the consistency which probably was what gave Abby Cheek the nod for the player of the year or Alabama would have had an opportunity to sweep the, all the awards good lord which would have been unbelievable but she, had, what she's been able to do continued growth another one that has just lived up to the hype she was a huge recruit for Alabama coming in her freshman year. Stepped right in, and she's improved each and every year. Having a great year this year, and I cannot wait for next year when this senior class, with her leading it, man, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> how about the second team All
2: SEC nominees? Two, one will be a senior next year as well, Alyssa Brown, mm-hmm. and also Maddie Morgan. We've talked about how just. I mean, insane. Her rise has been at the plate conference statistics. She has just been dynamic. The average has dropped a little bit. She's just at 300 now after a couple cold weekends. But again, you talked about the impact, especially considering her home run against LSU is what ended up being the run that
0: right. got Alabama an outright SEC championship. The spark of the comeback against Kentucky in game number two, she, she got a walk. And sometimes it's not, you know, it's not the home run. It's not even a base hit. It's a, a walk at a, at a crucial time. That has kind of got things rolling for for them, and a lot of it has come with Maddie Morgan at the beginning of it. And then we talked about it all weekend long. The defense at third base that Maddie Morgan has had has just been outstanding. The entirely from last year, new infield people playing different positions if they were a returning starter, but Maddie Morgan stepping in and just being a real a real solid key right there at third base has been great all year. All freshman team: Montana Fouts and Skylar Wallace. First, first of what's going to be many awards for Scholar Wallace. Yeah. I think we, you and I, have both talked about. You know, we one thing we were talking about yesterday was we were trying to think, well, who's going to end up being on the uh, on the outfield wall when uh, when it gets redone, whenever that'll happen in three or four years at Rhodes Stadium. And there's a lot of players on this team that I think are going to be on that wall, and yeah. I think Scholar is going to be one of them.
2: I completely agree. And then on the all defensive team, Sarah Cornell got it for the pitcher. Yeah. And uh, Alyssa Brown, obviously of in course. center field. Yeah. The eraser. Just <laughs> nothing happens out there. And we've seen so many spectacular catches right. from her since the beginning of the year.
0: Well, and then in addition to the spectacular catches, just the catches that she makes that made are made look easy, that would have to you have know. been spectacular or un- unable to be made by normal center fielders out there. Uh, just a, a great job by her. And it, you know, she saves runs, and when you have the pitching staff Alabama has, if the defense is out there saving runs too, it's just—it's almost not fair. No, it's not. <laughs> and this
2: is a team that's now fifty and six heading into the postseason, and uh, I think we're going to talk about the uh, the SEC tournament in just a second, but. Can you find a hotter team or a team that feels better about themselves than maybe Oklahoma right. in the country? I mean, I
0: can't. No. In no way. And I mean, I think this is the first time we looked it up that Alabama has won 50 games in the regular season since 2007, and then you, you go back and they played more games in a regular season to some of the ones before then, uh, but to... I think it's it's erased the people talking about a weak non-conference schedule or anything like that. Alabama has proven that that record was not yeah. a fluke. That Al- that that record had, was not inflated. It was just Alabama being really really good, and I've and I've enjoyed it. And it, it's a not only are they, it's, it, is it a great team, it's a great team to be a part of. It's a great team to follow. All the girls are great. It's, they have gelled together. They're happy for each other. Uh, and it's its a lot of fun to be a part of. Absolutely. And there's still more to
2: come. Yes, a lot more to come. Including the SEC tournament this weekend. Because we have put it in play. Who are we this week?
0: Uh, I think we should be Maddie Morgan. All
2: right, Maddie Morgan. Yes. We have put it in play. <laughs> And we're advancing to first here on the Out of the Box podcast, taping at a good bull barbecue. Oh,
0: our favorite place. I'm going to grab some food here during the break, real quick. We're
2: going to advance to first when we come back. We're going to break down the SEC tournament bracket and talk about replay. What can be reviewed? Hopefully, everything. Hopefully, all the things. (laughs) Because it needs to be. That coming up here on episode nine of Out of the Box. first here in the Out of the Box podcast a Good Bull Barbecue.
0: Oh my gosh, so good.
2: So good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank Many you congratulations that. to our friend, owner of Good Bull, Roy May, yes. for just being awesome.
0: We're right here in the uh, shadow of the quaint little football stadium they have here, Kyle Field. And- <laughs> Unfortunately, we're watching it rain right now, which is going to be part of the issue here this weekend for the, or this week for the SEC tournament. Unfortunately, yeah, But What yeah. uh, what a, what a uh, location for, for this barbecue joint. This, all the all the sports are happening right there.
2: <laughs> and the SEC tournament is beginning tomorrow, 10 a.m. with Texas A&M and Mississippi State, and then you've got four first-round games mm-hmm. right behind that, and then Alabama will play on Thursday. The Crimson Tide will get the winner of Arkansas and Georgia. So, Tom, when you look at the bracket, what matchup in the first round or potential
0: matchup in the second round excites you the most? I think, actually, the most interesting matchup in the first round is that Arkansas-Georgia game. That'll give Alabama the winner of that one because Georgia and Arkansas both coming off of sweeps last weekend. Uh, has ha- They both had up-and-down type seasons, but they are playing their best here at the end of the year. So, uh, I don't know who to pick to win that one, uh, because you got the Georgia offense that has finally figured out, put it back together after the injuries throughout the year, and an Arkansas pitching staff in Autumn Storms and Mary Half that seem to have kind of righted their ship as well. They've had some ups ups and downs all year long, even to the point of now where it looks as though Autumn Storms would be their, quote, number one, maybe even over, yeah. over Mary Half. So um, it's. I think that one has the most intrigue to go to where you kind of flip a coin on it. Uh, the other one was South Carolina and Florida. You just want to just know what Florida's mindset is entering this weekend. First time they're playing on the first day in the SEC tournament and I don't know how long, but it's <laughs> got to be a long time since that's been the case. And South Carolina, who has uh, kind of tailspun toward the end of the year just got out of the uh the 12-13 game with the win on, on the last day of the regular season so that one's intriguing because of that but i think the best game of the first day is going to be arkansas georgia
2: i am fascinated by again this is with the precursor that mississippi state beats texas a and i a&m i'm fascinated by ole miss mississippi state if that is the matchup we get yeah. first off does van start emily williams
0: well so Emily Williams, if she plays and starts against Ole Miss, who do you start against Texas A&M then?
2: I assume Grace Fagan. I mean, she was right. fantastic against Florida in that Game 2 victory she was pitching really well she had at least six strikeouts seven strikeouts she was uh, she was remarkable which was interesting because I wasn't that impressed with her when I was watching film preparing for that series but clearly there's been some development in the circle as the season has gone on I think Mississippi State is a team that could make a run I really do I mean I I kind of we kind of talked about it before the year we said could Mississippi State be that team they figured things out too late to really affect the conference race but Fale Lua, first team all SEC. Mia Davidson, first team all SEC. Cat Moore, first team all SEC. They have the same number as Alabama who won the conference.
0: Crazy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, so it's the other six basically in the lineup. Right. Yeah, what are you going to be able to do with them? And then do you get the, the solid pitching? And the thing with like Emily Williams, the number one. But she is a very effectively wild pitcher. Uh, it's like the game against Florida. When she gets the win, she walks six people in the seventh inning before and, and held off Florida after an hour and a half uh, lightning delay with two outs in that seventh inning to get the win there. So uh, it's going to be a, a nail-biting situation when Emily Williams is pitching, but she is very effective. And um, with Ole Miss coming off of being swept by Georgia, having a chance to go from – winning the conference as the weekend started to not even getting a first round bye in the S C tournament by the end of the week and uh, maybe losing to mississippi state and not getting to host i mean right they're dropping down my seed line which we'll get to later yeah so what is their mindset like so there, there's we were at at practice today and you could tell uh, mike smith still upset about the illegal pitches being called yes. and, and letting everyone know about it uh so have they moved on from this past weekend I remember that's something we said about uh, 2017 when Minnesota came to Tuscaloosa. Where they were the number one team in the country in regionals, and then they got sent here. They never got over it. Right. And they, at some point, you have to, all right, this is our situation. We got to go do it. Can they get over it?
2: Looking ahead in the bracket, it's hard to ignore the potential Alabama-Kentucky rematch in the semifinals.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. Which will be very interesting to see how Patrick Murphy does his pitching uh, this weekend, or this week, I should say, because there's a scenario where... If Alabama plays Kentucky in the semifinals, that could be the first time you see Montana Fouts all weekend, all week long.
2: I mean, you could you could conceivably save Montana Fouts until the championship. Right. You could pitch Crystal Goodman on Thursday against Arkansas or Georgia because she has already beaten Georgia. Right. And we haven't seen Arkansas yet, but they're not an offensive threat, really. They're weaker in the batting categories in the SEC. They're Sarah Cornell, pitcher of the year yeah. against Kentucky or possibly Ole Miss or Mississippi State or a and then Fouts, full week of rest in the championship
0: that would be that'd be quite <laughs> that'd That's be crazy quite, and again that's part of the pitching depth that uh, patrick murphy has and alabama has which is i think it's going to become more and more of a norm to see this much pitching uh, on a staff but alabama has been ahead ahead of the curve as far as that goes
2: all right so who in your mind um really uh-huh. needs to have a good tournament with, with everything that's at stake after this week, who right. just
0: needs a really good showing? The winners, I think both Florida and South Carolina both do. So whoever wins that needs yeah. to kind of try to see if they can make a run at it. I think both Missouri and Auburn are too far out for this weekend to really make too much of a difference. And then, as we talked about with Arkansas and Georgia, you know, I I don't know if they've been able to do enough anyway, but they're going to be both of them are going to be tough number twos in a regional to get out, especially Georgia, uh, who's might I mean, if they are able to make a run all the way through, which would mean beating Alabama, uh, probably beating Kentucky, winning the SEC tournament, they could probably make a case for we should be a top 16 national seed now. So maybe them, but I don't think anyone is in a case where they can just kind of throw it away. Yeah, I think everyone needs to play well.
2: I've got two. One for NCAA tournament seedings. The other just to try and play better. The first is Auburn. I mean, they've lost 10 of 12. I hate. I hate, I hate, (laughs) I hate to see it.
0: It's just too bad.
2: If they go one and done... I'm going to have a tough time picking them to win a single game in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they're just cool. on a complete slide. We talked they, they, for weeks They've been about, known to not do well in the
0: NCAA tournament
2: in those that situations. That's true. And we, we had heard <laughs> that Michaela Martin would be back by the postseason. Now I'm hearing she might not be back at all. Yeah. So we're, nothing is definite there. If she's not back,
0: Mm-mm. they're in a lot of trouble. Chardonnay has done a good job in you know in, in a battlefield promotion that she's gotten, and uh, but I... Not not well enough to help them Make a run in the postseason, I don't think
2: Yeah, and the other one to me is LSU I think they need to win a game They can't lose to Florida or South Carolina They need to win a game, maybe two, Feel a little bit better about themselves Try not to be that 8 seed Right now, I think I have them at a six or seven. We'll look at that when we get to that segment. But LSU needs to get a game as well because they just got swept at home. Yes. And we're not really all that competitive in the series. Who uh, who swept LSU at home? I believe it was Alabama. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Allison Habits loves reminding people of that. (laughs)
0: Winning their sixth SEC championship outright.
2: Uh, All right. So before we go to break, replay will be at the SEC tournament this year. Uh Here is what can be reviewed. Read all the rules. All right. Deciding if a batted ball called fair is foul or fair. Okay. Deciding if a batted ball called a ground rule double or home run is fair or foul. Deciding if a batted ball called foul that could result in a ground rule double. Or home run is fair or foul. Spectator so. interference. Okay. Deciding scoring plays at home plate, inclusive of collisions, illegal or malicious slides, obstruction by a defensive player, or time plays.
0: Okay, so obstruction, but only at home.
2: Only at home. That's okay. the key part there. Yeah. Force slash tag play calls. So basically anything at the plate. At any base. Hit by pitch calls.
0: Ooh, that'll be interesting.
2: Yes. And placement of runners. Okay, so, so what's not reviewed? Disappointingly, out of the box is not reviewed. Obviously, ili- no balls and strikes. Illegal don't want pitch. that. Illegal pitch. No, and obstruction on the base paths is not yeah. being reviewed, which is
0: okay. It's not. It's but, not a. It's not something that happens a whole lot. Right. We we had it happen in one of Alabama's games with uh, Claire Jenkins at short, but yeah, that's not a huge deal to me. Uh, I'm glad that they are doing it at home, so, though. Yeah. So. I mean, we'll see. I went and was talking
2: with some of the SEC staff today, went and looked at the setup. It's really good, and uh, they've got plenty of equipment up there, three or four monitors up top. They're going to have the screen down on the field for the umpires to look at. So, I think it'll it'll work. It just depends on what's reviewed. And also, keep in mind, the coaches do get one challenge. One challenge, that's it. If your challenge is correct and you were right, it's still it you still
0: only have the one challenge so and in in any play can be reviewed if the umpires are the ones that say we're gonna go look at that or if a coach asks but if they do not want to go look at it and then the coach says go look at it that is their one uh challenge and they lose it whether they're right or wrong correct so and then and it's not sent somewhere else it's all done in-house right here so which i like yeah I mean, it's fine. Hopefully it'll, because that's the one issue people have with an instant replay is that we don't want it to slow down the game. We don't want it to, to cause it to come into a halt. I don't think that's going to be a case here. I don't think
2: goes. so either. And I just hope it's right. At yeah. the end of the day, we just Get want the, the call right. to be right.
0: Here's an idea. Get it right when it happens. <laughs> Try that. See if we can see if we can do that. <laughs> so that's replay at the SEC tournament. We are here
2: at Good Bull and College Station for the get SEC some tournament.
0: here. I'm going to go get some pudding. Right now? here during the break here. Okay, yeah.
2: sure. Let's do it. <laughs> We're, we have advanced to first, and we are ready to steal second. Here on the podcast with the real SVP, yes. Stephanie Van Brakel Pro Throw. The reason we're bringing her on, not, not only because she's a pitching coach and played at Alabama and pitched and also used to hit,
0: apparently. Yeah, I heard she hits the ball every once in a while.
2: She also was with me when we first came to Good Bull way back in March. <laughs> That's what we're really going to be talking about. Good, right. That is coming up here on Episode 9 of Out of the Box. <laughs> We are stealing Ooh. second here, Gray Robertson and Tom Canterbury. Tom's off to get pudding. So I am here with Alabama pitching coach Stephanie <laughs> Van pro Prothrow. Steph, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: Good. Before we talk about your pitchers, <laughs> all of the award winners, let's talk about barbecue. Mm. I got a I had a plate of what was full of ribs and tacos. <laughs> it's there's one rib left. We were here at Good Bowl back in March during the and AM series. Yes. And and you said the potato salad was the best you've ever had. For sure. You loved everything you ate. Loved it. I mean, are you like, are you a barbecue aficionado or do you just kind of eat barbecue on the side and just, <laughs> you realize how good this was when you came here in March?
1: I think I just realized how good it was. Um, I did a clinic in the fall and my, and one of my friends that was running the clinic, she told me about this place and we had it and it was so good and that's why we came back in March <laughs> and then I really got to experience everything. We did not have the potato salad the first time, so so um, the potato salad is definitely good, and my husband's um, mom makes really good potato salad, and this this beats it. But don't really? tell her that. Oh. Don't tell her that, everybody. Oh, no. we, we we probably
2: shouldn't be saying that <laughs> yeah. on this podcast, but <laughs> it is very good. And I credit you for bringing yes. us here because I w- this was not on my radar. You were the one that texted yes. me in March. Yes. So. And I said we're going to this place. Come on.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm from the north, so we don't really barbecue is not our thing. So this is all just living in the south the last you know fifteen years. Um, Picking up the barbecue kind of side of things
2: I mean, it's delicious And I'm glad that you mentioned being from the north Because (laughs) you're a little northerner Yeah. Sarah Cornell from Westbury, New York Transfer from Hofstra Got pitcher of the year Uh, I was told that when the news was announced On the bus today You leapt out of your chair Sarah was (laughs) just beside herself with joy She was
1: crying, actually
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how how did it feel to have a, A pitcher come in who Was pitcher of the year in the Colonial But the SEC's a different animal and you know especially when montana fouts went down she has just stepped up and consistently been dynamic in the circle and has really just shut people down the last couple weeks
1: yeah she's been uh she's been great she's worked really hard um we we work hard in the fall to get here and i think that they've all grown as pitchers you know um Sarah, one thing that she didn't really have before was um, thinking and knowing the game, watching the video side of it, preparing mm-hmm. and paying attention to what hitters are doing in the box. And I think that part, adding that element to her game, has made her better. Um, and I think it pays off now and sh- it shows you um, how much that has helped her being able to prepare um, for the teams. But she's done a great job and she's been consistent. And um, I really set some standards and some goals for the entire staff uh, in the fall of things I wanted to do. Uh, uh, for them this this uh, spring and how we were going to stick with that uh, for the for the remainder of the year and I, I wanted some new some new goals some new standards that we had like, where we were at in the conference last year and where I wanted us to be Um, and I gave it to them all in paper form and we sat down and talked about it and we set some goals at the beginning of the year in uh, January before we started about things that we're looking for in games so um, as a staff they've all kind of like held true to that and I think that's what's helped us kind of move through the season.
2: Well we'll get to the other members of the staff in a second. Uh, (laughs) About Sarah though was this ever in the conversation like did y'all ever talk about the potential of being sec pitcher of the year was that even on your radar because i i wasn't even thinking about it until probably two weeks ago i was looking at the stats and thought oh sarah cornell pitcher of the year Maybe, and then we started talking about it on the broadcast. I mean, was that was that ever in the realm of thought until the last couple of days? Maybe.
1: Yeah, I hate to break it to you, but I just want to win. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all I really think about is how we can beat this team at this moment, and I don't really look at their stats too much. Yeah. Just to kind of see like how we did that weekend, where we can improve and move forward. Um, when Nate sends it to us, so um, I didn't even didn't really cross my mind until the other day. Nate and Murph were on the bus when we were leaving LSU, and said, you know, we could put Sarah up for. Pitcher of the Year in Montana for Freshman of the Year and I was like that's pretty cool <laughs> and, I was, and then they started reading me the um, stats and I was like wow you know and I knew their stats had been good because my mom kind of keeps me up to date and my husband kind of keep me on that part of it but I personally don't look at it like right. I just want to win so whatever we got to do to win that's what I'm, I'm trying to prepare for
2: well, you mentioned your freshman of the year, Montana yes. Fouts. <laughs> we talked about it in the first segment of the show. Lots of hype. She has somehow lived up to it, even <laughs> battling an injury, even missing a couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, how? How, how do you have that kind of maturity as a freshman, and and how much fun was it for you to work with someone like that who was already so hardworking and so ready to go immediately when they stepped on campus?
1: Yeah, she's been. Um, they've all been fun, and Montana's been especially fun just because of her personality mm. and her demeanor, and she's just got a go-get-it an attitude, and she wants to work, and that's that's what it takes to be a pitcher. Is that you got to be able to you got to be able to work, and you got to be willing to work because it's a hard it's a hard position, and you control the game with. The ball every pitch and so everybody looks at you all the time so you got you got to show everybody that you're working the hardest and Montana by far does that and I think she just kind of bumped the that little edge for everybody on the staff like she just kind of bumped everybody up a little bit like oh I got to you know I can't let this freshman outwork me or I can't let her outwork me and so I think it gave like a good competitiveness in the bullpen um and then but you can't help but love her, you know. So, like, even though she's, like, great and she's, like, the superstar, she's also, like, a really great person. And she's really great to all of her teammates. And she's such she has a sweet soul. So, even though she's competitive, we also have the other side of it. I mean, you cannot not like her, you know, just, the, yeah. just her personality and the way she carries herself. Um, but it's been fun. And, and I can't wait to see how much better she gets because we're not even close oh to where how, how good we can be you, Do know? you know how
2: many teams <laughs> are gonna hear that and cry <laughs> I mean seriously was there was there a moment where you realize that all the hype was true with Montana fouls because for me we, we're not it, there in the offseason you're mm-hmm. with her a lot more obviously for me it was the Arizona inning I think it was the fourth where she gives up the three hits in a row they get a run Two on, nobody out, and she strikes out the next three batters. That yeah. was the moment for me where I said, wow, this kid is for real and really darn good. Yeah. Was there a moment like that for you with Montana Fouts? I
1: mean, that's one of them, and um, I just think, you know – to see her, her coming back from the injury, I thought what he it says it says even more, mm-hmm. because we found how to change how she kind of prepares, and um, that's uncomfortable, and that's right. not new for her. And so for her to be able to adjust and then still be able to go out and pitch well and still feel good and still show out it says a lot about her because that's uncomfortable. Like you're used to doing things a certain way when you come in, and you don't know any different. And here we are. We're saying okay, we got to we got to switch things up. We got to change, and we got to be we got to prepare a little bit differently and you could see the like freak out moment and i was like it's gonna be fine i promise i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure you're ready and so that's what's been more impressive on my part is her being able to have a different plan in the bullpen but then still be able to perform at this level
2: yeah let's talk about christopher goodby okay Uh, a lot of us Particularly me and Tom, as we were driving over here. think She got robbed. Should have been on either first or second team all SEC. Mm -hmm. Great conference ERA at 1.34. And there was a time, admittedly, when Tom and I asked the question, when will we see Crystal Gibbon in the SEC? Well, maybe not immediately because we're not sure about the variation and the confidence. And we were dead wrong because she came in and has just been – dynamic immediately I mean you look at the shutout of Florida when she was in the shutout of Georgia and the performance against LSU this past weekend I mean the growth from her as well is just remarkable
1: yeah it's been great and and again it just goes into the the behind the scenes kind of working hard and growing in the preparing watching film and um just being able to develop throughout the year but I was you know anxious for to see what Crystal could do in conference too you know I was kind of like pushing early on like we got to get Crystal in games. we got to get her. i got to see what she can give us. i got to know what she can do for us in the conference because we're going to need her because we kind of know what Court and Madison did because they pitched last year in conference, but right. the new, you know, Sarah and Crystal, I was like, we we got to see what they can do because i got to see where we got to get better so I can make them better for us in the, in the, in the spring season and especially in SECs, um, but she just has been you know, a nice surprise for sure. And she deserves to be on the all-conference team, but it's just the way it works. And, um, you know, I I made sure to tell all of them today that uh, they were all important, the staff was. They were all important to this. And just because one person gets it doesn't mean that that makes anybody else lesser on the team. Like, we can't get all these awards if we don't play well, if we don't win. And so it takes everybody to do this. And that includes the staff. Like, it takes all of them. Like, everybody pushes each other to make everybody better. But she's been a great, great surprise, and she works hard. And I think she's grown, along with Sarah, the most in the mental side of it, um, preparing and then being able to, like, analyze, okay, I need to be better here, and then how can I be better? So I did this wrong in the game. That wasn't a good pitch. All right, next time I know, I learn, I grow, and I move forward. And I think they both have done that. And Montana does that also, but Mm -hmm. those two especially have done it the most and have seen you know, the rewards because of it.
2: Yeah. Stephanie Vernbrekel, pro throw here, episode nine <laughs> of Out of the Box. We were at Good Bull at the SEC tournament, Alabama pitching coach. <laughs> and uh, Steph, we're here at the SEC tournament in College Station. It's an interesting week because we got here last night on Monday. We don't play until Thursday. Uh, at most, you'll get three games. You've got a pitching staff of five. So, how do you manage that many arms, uh, knowing when to? throw somebody, you know, how do you manage the rest? I mean, there's a lot that goes into mm-hmm. postseason tournaments like this.
1: Yeah, I think and the important thing for anybody but is we want to be consistent. We want to keep doing what we've been doing. Uh, it's kind of what I've been telling the team all year. It's like, we don't need to do anything extra. We don't need anything less. We need to keep doing what we've been doing. Um, but, like, they all we'll just keep preparing like we would if it was just like a regular Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm not sure who will throw Thursday, but whoever that'll be, they'll know tomorrow and we'll prepare. And um, they'll start watching video tonight and we'll watch video tomorrow and they'll all watch it so that we're all ready. And then whoever Murph and, uh, and we decide who's going to um, start, then we'll let we'll let them know tomorrow and that way they go through like a pregame warm-up and then I'll probably give like two people a, a kind of lighter bullpen or a day off and then two will have like a they're ready to go kind of pregame bullpen and then the and then the day of the game the other two that were off yes or tomorrow they'll have a bullpen that day right so they kind of get an extra rest day in. so we try to build it in where we can depending on like who's starting who's in relief um but sometimes it just really depends on how the game's going to because even you could have off but Murph will say hey I need so and I want her to go in blah blah blah. so then they need to be ready right um so we just kind of manage it the same way we've been trying to Uh, all year. It's tough, but, um, I mean, he'll want everybody ready probably (laughs) Thursday because, you know, we want to win. Right. So, whatever it takes to win.
2: (laughs) So, with the five arms, before we wrap up, I mean— how, how has this year been compared to the many years you've been coaching? This is your eighth season, right? Right, Alabama. And you've never had this many pitchers. So would you say it's been, I'm sure more challenging, but more fun also, or just a different kind of challenge? I mean, how would you personify what this year has been with so many people that you are in charge of?
1: Um, it's definitely been a, it's always a lot of work, but this has been a lot more challenging as into how I can fit five in a, in a three hour practice. Um, Um, and what we what we absolutely have to work on, and things that are like, okay, I really need this from you today, but this can wait until tomorrow. Or, you know what, I'm gonna keep it light today, and we're gonna really work on this tomorrow. And just figuring out who, how each pitcher works, you know, because Montana likes to throw a little bit more than the other one. Sarah doesn't like to throw as much; she feels good after you know 40 minutes, which is a good thing. Right. But um, Crystal and Montana like to throw a little bit more, you know. And Courtney is like Sarah; she feels good after a while. And then Madison likes to throw a little bit longer, also. So being able to Fit all the pieces together has been challenging, but it's been really fun to have five. And um, you know, Sarah is really fun to be around. <laughs> if you haven't been around her, she's before. walking on sunshine. Oh all my the gosh, time. she is just. She, she. I was actually just laughing at her earlier at practice because she was dancing, and it was ridiculous. and the <laughs> in the bullpen, I was like, "You are a nut," but she is so much fun to be around, and she just keeps a light kind of airness around with everybody else. And it's been fun for me to coach all of them because they are so different personality-wise and pitching-wise, which I think is, like, why we're successful, because they are so different from one another, and they complement each other. So, um, I just—it's been fun, and I've been pushing for this for a couple years with Murph, like, I want more pitchers. I want more variety. I want so like we finally get it, and so I knew what I was asking for. But it's been fun. I think we're gonna. I think you're starting to see that more. Like uh, Tom had said earlier, staffs are getting bigger because you need the variety in pitching, Mm -hmm. especially to get through our conference. Just because it's it's just a hard conference to get through. It's it's a good game every game, and you need you need the arms to make it to make it through.
2: And finally, Steph, uh, before we let you get, if you want this last rib, it's all yours. the catching relationship there was a moment in LSU two strikes two outs bottom of the seventh Montana in the circle 0-2 against Leah Andrews obviously the biggest moment of Montana's career probably a strike you win the SEC and Reagan Dykes goes out and talks with the defense and specifically with Montana and that's the kind of leadership we've seen from Reagan all year because she's a captain but also the catcher relationship with the pitchers and when you've got really two catchers mainly with Bailey Mm -hmm. and Reagan catching five pitchers. It's important to cultivate that relationship or those relationships between those players. How has that happened this year and what steps did you or Coach Murphy take to make sure that happened?
1: So I think um, Reagan is just a natural kind of leader and she kind of takes over the whole team, and then having her and Courtney in the bullpen together and them both being captains of the team this year has been—I think it's been awesome because, um, you know, they, they're they both on the same page about things, and they get it, and Reagan is in the bullpen, you know, a lot with us working, but, you know, Reagan has been— like an extra coach, really for especially for me, like I bounce a lot of ideas about how we should attack hitters, um, how we should how how do you think she 's looking like where do you think should we you know both, just kind of like running things off of her throughout the game, um, just so I make sure that we 're staying on top of the hitters, um, but she 's been. You know, kind of like the glue that's kind of held it all together, you know, and without her and Courtney, and I have to say Courtney because Courtney's taken like the pictures um, specifically under her wing and molded them like Montana and Sarah and Madison and, 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 and crystal and has kind of molded them into this is how we expect things to be done and kind of been like the extra voice for me and that that role has been just as important as Regan's role right. so um, I really appreciate Courtney for that because you know she's only been here for a year <laughs> and a half you know and she gets it and then Regan you know being able to go out and say stuff during the game that you know we can't call time out all the time so for us to have a senior leader out there and a catcher especially that understands each pitcher personally and knows what they need to hear in a moment and then for her to know what the defense needs to hear also and she's respected by the team it just adds so much to the team and and I think that they're a huge reason why we're successful for sure because you know they're they're on the same page for starters and then they know how to take teammates aside and say this is how we do it here or that was great and let's be better this time and they they're they're good at holding people accountable but they're fun and they kind of just have everything so it's been awesome and i really appreciate reagan and that that relationship is important kind of like not answering your question but i am <laughs> um the pitcher catcher relationship is so important because the pitcher is not as good as our catcher for sure right and if you we don't have a good catcher back there the pitcher is not as good montana's not as good sarah's not as good Crystal is not good court and madison they're not as good if we don't have a great catcher and that's what a great catcher brings to the table um and that's what you want out of your catcher and we, we do stress that a lot in, uh, about the battery and the, and we call it the battery because it takes pe- pitcher and catcher mm-hmm. um but Reagan's been been great I'm really gonna miss her
2: yeah I know <laughs> well and we're hoping to send these seniors out right because yeah. get the SEC tournament this week next week regionals I don't care what so-called experts might say it doesn't matter (laughs) alabama's hosting regionals and probably super regionals and then hopefully oklahoma city hopefully oklahoma city that'd be fun
1: okc is what we want gray yes want to win Uh
2: the SEC regular season title, not good enough. We need <laughs> we national need championships. More. To
1: be continued, Absolutely. everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is Alabama pitching coach Stephanie Van will pro Throw. Thanks, Steph, Greg. thank you. Thank Enjoy you. the this tournament. Enjoy this piece of rib if you want it. It's a blast.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank so you.
2: That is Stephanie Van Brakel Pro Throw, stealing second with Steph, but now it's time for us to round third and talk about the bracket. Where does Alabama fit in? What about everybody else? That coming up here on episode nine of Out of the Box. Back. We're at Good Bull Barbecue here on episode nine of Out of the Box. Tom Canterbury is alongside uh, me. I'm Gray Robertson. Tom just sat out the ceiling second portion, yes, because he
0: was having a portion of pudding. I was having the pudding. I had I had the uh, potato salad first, yes, and then the pudding. And my gosh. That literally, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking, the best potato salad I've ever had. Right? Oh, my gosh. We have, we have only been telling you that for months. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry I slept through it the first time. I'm glad I made it here this time. <laughs> well, my gosh.
2: It is time for us to
0: round third. And talk about the
2: bracket because Tom. Yes. In I, I think what five days, five days we will know who's in the NCAA tournament.
0: It's amazing that, that we're we're about to get these uh, the reveal the selection show coming up Sunday evening, and there's a there was a lot of shifting I think here this past yes. weekend.
2: Well, here's what I have now. Again. I am very, very confused <laughs> about many of these. I don't know what to do about Northwestern. I don't know what to do about Kentucky. I have no idea about a bunch of these teams. No. Here's my best guess. Okay. One, Oklahoma. Two, UCLA. Three, Alabama. Four, Florida State. Five, Washington. Six, Arizona. Seven, LSU. Eight, Texas. Nine, Florida. Ten, Minnesota. Eleven, Tennessee. 12 Ole Miss, 13 Oklahoma State, 14 James Madison, 15 Michigan, 16 Kentucky. Okay. Moving the Wildcats back in. Uh, so that would mean your supers matchups would be Oklahoma, Kentucky, 116, 2 UCLA, 15, Michigan.
0: Three Alabama, 14 James Madison. Oh, all right. Megan Good. Have not seen Megan Good since they came to the Bama Bash her freshman year, James Madison did. So that would be an interesting matchup. And they know Sarah Cornell. That's right. That would be a little interesting sidewinder
2: yeah. the storyline there. How about Florida State, Oklahoma State, 413, 512, Washington, Ole Miss.
0: Mm. Sorry, Rebels. Sorry. Yeah.
2: 611, Arizona, Tennessee. Fascinating. 710, LSU, Minnesota, 8-9, Texas, Florida. All right, Tom, per usual, what do you want to ask me about? Well, so who is on the bubble, like, just on the, right on the outside
0: looking in of your top 16?
2: So for the final spot, it was basically
0: down to Kentucky and Northwestern for me. Okay. Because that's, I, that's, I, I agree with that just because I don't think you're going to see three Big Ten teams hosting. Um, so more Northwestern having lost the two of three to Minnesota this past weekend and having not played anybody else pretty much all year long, I agree with them falling out. I think if you're Kentucky, though... You're almost to the point you would rather be the two-seed and go to the 15 or 16, uh, two-seed in the regional, I should say, yeah. not host, and then not have to go to Oklahoma if you're able to win regionals because Kentucky's been the 16-seed. I think if they were 16, this would be the third year in a row they'd have been 16 and happen to go to the number one every year for Super Regionals. Uh, having having done that a couple years ago, that is that is no fun, It is and that is a very tough road to hoe if you're Kentucky.
2: Yeah, I I really struggle with Kentucky. Number one strength of schedule, third non conference. They've got the three RPI top ten wins. Northwestern has one. Kentucky has twelve RPI top twenty five wins. Northwestern has two. Yeah. However, Kentucky also has fourteen top twenty five RPI losses. Yeah. So I had to decide what do I care more about? The number of victories, even though you've got a bunch of losses there as well, or you know to do the losses cancel everything out yeah. and I chose to value the wins more and I honestly think I don't know how much it would actually impact it I'd be curious to see the discussion but is there any bump at all from Kentucky getting the SEC player of the year with Abby yeah. Cheek is that a conversation yeah. that has had I,
0: th- I, I think not as as much of a conversation might be do we want to have a regional at Northwestern With the facilities that they have right? Uh, Versus Kentucky right. that a lot of people Can get to Kentucky's outstanding facilities Northwestern, you know, they're going to probably have to bring in lights now, That has been an issue with some of the teams Out west of the Pac-12 They've started to finally kind of catch up a little bit We saw Arizona Stadium this year's Is great now Not going to have any problem hosting a regional now there But with as much uh, TV coverage as we're getting Every regional is at least streamed If not now nationally televised um, you're going to have to have facilities that are going to be capable of hosting that that's going to be something if if something falls off with Washington and they're they're on the bubble for some reason um, not this year obviously but in, in 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 the future years the facilities are become becoming an issue for them that they, they're just they're they're not at the level that their team is right uh, and you're going to get to the point now with the television coverage and media coverage that your facilities have to be at the level that your team is and so that's that's going to be an issue moving forward and i think that's an issue why another reason why we saw minnesota that's the first time i've ever even seen minnesota's stadium what it looks like i know right when i saw a little bit of the northwestern series this weekend that that's i mean i guess they'll be able to do it but it's not We've got a giant warehouse over lunch they do right so i don't know what's house. going on there so uh, that that's going to be their main issue. All right. Anything else, Tom? Uh, Arizona falling as far as they did. You have them as a six now. Six, yes. Um, I just wonder if they'll get get hammered that much. Even though they did get swept by Washington, uh, RPI wise, it doesn't look like you know losing hurts you that much. Depends on how much they, that the committee values the rpi i think it's this tool but it's by no means should be the gospel of where everybody should be ranked right uh we saw some crazy movements this week that made no sense as far as the rpi went based on what happened this past week so hopefully they won't just seed based on the rpi completely yeah with arizona
2: the big one for me was record versus the top 10 and the rpi just two and eight and also head to head loss versus alabama Got a sweat by Washington. Uh, I think that Alabama's resume overall is better than Arizona's anyway, but yeah. also the head-to-head helps. So you're behind Alabama. You can't be ahead of Washington after Washington sweeps you. Shouldn't be, right. And then I think Florida State's resume is better than Arizona's. Plus, Florida State also has a head-to-head at Arizona. They won that series 2-1. So, just ipso facto, right. down to six. That's where they go, yeah. And then where do you have Tennessee? I had Tennessee in the 11 spot. Okay. I had them bumped above Ole Miss, even though Tennessee lost that series to the Rebels. Again, Just resume, overall, right. Ole Miss has a losing record against uh, on the road against the RPI top 50. They're one game above 500 against the top 25. And Tennessee... It is a little bit better there. I mean, uh, they're below 500 in the top 25, but they've got a 7-6 and six record on the road against the top 50. They've got the four RPI top 10 wins. And they've also got some good trump cards over Texas, the two wins at Florida, and now a win over Minnesota at a neutral site, which looks really great. Right. So I had to move Tennessee past Ole
0: Miss. Well, kind of going back to a question you asked me in the uh, SEC tournament, segment earlier in the podcast. Uh, I think both Tennessee and Ole Miss need to play well this weekend. Because those are kind of precarious spots that that they're in right now. Right.
2: Because Ole Miss, I wanted to bump them lower because I don't think they deserve to be a 12 seed. But I couldn't move them past Oklahoma State because they beat Oklahoma State twice. And I can in good conscience when their resumes are at worst equal. uh, But I think Ole Miss's is better. I can't have Oklahoma State pass Ole Miss because Ole Miss beat them twice. So if we see Ole Miss go one and done, lose to Mississippi State or even worse, Texas A&M, we could see them plummet, especially if Oklahoma State were to
0: make a run in the round-robin Big 12 softball invitational
2: or whatever it is. <laughs>
0: whatever it is that they do there, who <laughs> knows. Uh, so, yeah, other than that, I'm I'm pretty fine with it. Uh, and we'll see how much the uh sec tournament how much these conference tournaments and, and the pac-12 the final weekend of the regular season because arizona gets ucla this weekend yes so they that, do. that's going to be quite a uh quite a deciding factor i think if they're able to kind of bounce back and, and get a game or two from ucla after being swept we can see arizona moving back up before
2: we go and take a break and head home my hosting tiers super safe and just i think this is pretty secure ucla oklahoma florida state Arizona Alabama I'm keeping Arizona there I'm gonna add Washington in there as well keeping Arizona and Washington there if Arizona gets swept by UCLA you move down to the Supers bubble but I think their RPI will help them yeah. a little bit Supers bubble Texas LSU and Minnesota I think in Minnesota where the win out win the Big Ten championship You could see them pass Florida and possibly get in over Texas. And I
0: think I saw they're they're the third seed in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah,
2: they came in third in their conference,
0: which is crazy. Yeah.
2: Regional safe, Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State. I don't see Florida making a super regional unless they win the SEC tournament. I think the ceiling is higher for Minnesota than it is for Florida, even though I've got Florida ranked higher right now in the seedings. Okay. And then regionals bubble, Michigan. Northwestern, James Madison, Kentucky barely hanging on by a thread. Louisiana, Auburn somehow.
0: Yeah. Man, just yeah.
2: barely. I mean, they are yeah. literally a finger. Yeah. South Carolina and Texas Tech.
0: So Tech, Tech I think Tech, Tech kind of got themselves back in the conversation with the two wins over Kentucky. Uh, I don't see any way Auburn. I, I will. I, 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 I will take their thread off <laughs> and Here, Here's ball. a pair of scissors. Yes, because I, I don't see Auburn hosting at any way unless they're able to win this tournament.
2: Yeah, that's the only reason they're still on the board. No. I
0: think that even can. then, it's still a it's still an iffy proposition. Right. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be very tough to get yeah. back from. It would certainly be unfortunate if they got sent to Washington for regionals. I would, would it would it be? I would really hate to see that. Wow, well, more than anything, really. We'll see because we will know on Sunday. Yes, we
2: will. Where everyone goes. Watch party in Tuscaloosa. Was that eight o'clock central is when the selection show is, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see what BMO and the gang have cooking up (laughs) on the ESPN family of networks when the selection show is announced. All right. We're here at Good Bull. We've had our barbecue. We're about to go somewhere. But before we do that, we have to head home. Yes, we do. We're getting waved around. (laughs) Patrick Murphy is sending us in it. It's time for us to head home. Predictions, updated standings, and Tom's hungry, including an appearance from Sid Extraordinaire. Yes, Nathan Sheehan. Yes, here on the Out of the Box Podcast, episode nine. We're heading home here on episode nine of the podcast. Gray Robertson, and Tom Canterbury here with you at Good Bull Barbecue College Station texas here for the sec tournament it's time to head home we've had a great show so far we started at the plate talking about alabama what the crimson tide won for the sec awards and which was pretty much all of them basically yeah basically right. everything then we advanced the first broke down the sec tournament bracket and then we stole second with stephanie van brakel pro throw alabama pitching coach
0: so good really was a really good
2: conversation yes and are good. you talking about the conversation or the pudding you were eating while we were yes talking? all of it okay yes good <laughs> <And> then we <laughs> rounded third and talked about the bracketology and now as i said it's time for us to head home your standings tom leads 15 to 12 we both got three last week we both correctly picked tennessee 2-1 in the series over a&m tom picked arkansas to sweep auburn i am missouri beating south carolina two out of three and then like every other living breathing human <laughs> we both picked oklahoma to sweep oklahoma state Wait, everyone
0: not named samantha Shaw picked, uh, picked oklahoma <laughs>
2: exactly. to beat Oklahoma maybe State. maybe michelle smith all right I'm not sure how much of a homer she is. So now it is time to pick the SEC tournament. Now, here's how we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do this. Okay. We're going to pick our four semifinal teams. Okay. And then we will go from there. Gotcha. So you will get three points if you pick the semifinal teams correct, and then four points for championship, right? and, five, and then for 5 for the champion.
0: Okay. So basically there's a lot riding on this. There is a lot, a lot happening. You're trying to catch up is what you're so, doing. I can see this. Yes,
2: yeah, so you get, you're, you your get you're seeing right through my plan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Yes. Okay. So to right. your first two semifinal
0: teams, Tom, I am going to so go we'll start with the top half? Yeah, top. I will go with I'm going to say LSU. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to say LSU and Tennessee. Okay. Why? uh i just i you can't you can't trust florida more than once um basically i they're gonna i think they're gonna be able to beat south carolina barnhill will come out and pitch well and they're gonna throw barnhill again against lsu and i think lsu is going to be you know they're gonna have they're gonna be mad mad yeah. about the way things ended uh against alabama in, Bar- in baton rouge so i don't know if you notice alabama swept lsu at the end <laughs> of the year uh so um i, I think they're Like you said, I think they're going to need to play well this weekend. I think they'll do it. Uh, So that's why I'm going to go there. I think Missouri beats Auburn, and I think Tennessee's just going to have a little bit too much pitching-wise, plus the extra – what could be an extra – day or so of rest because of the weather too could help them there and I think that's going to really kind of get things going for them so I'm going to say chalk Tennessee and LSU I'm going
2: to agree with you pretty much on all fronts I've got LSU Tennessee as well I really would love to pick Missouri over Tennessee but you're right about the pitching because after Matty Norman who in the circle do you trust for right. the Tigers? And yeah. you know they're going to have to throw Maddie Norman against Auburn to try and win that game. Yeah. So I, I like LSU. I like Tennessee. I agree also with the Barnhill stuff. And <laughs> I'm wondering if they might consider throwing Barnhill a couple innings, hoping the offense can score. Bring in Hightower you know, if it's yeah. for nothing or something, I don't know, but Tim Walton has to figure out a way to conserve Kelly Barneal because they need two
0: wins. <laughs> uh, yeah. He hasn't three. figured it out any this year. No. So I don't, I don't know. If well, he pitched her against now. Mercer. I know why I and, don't, and their continuous rivalry with Illinois state. <laughs> <know>. uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, Tom, uh, I will go first this time for okay. the second half of the semifinals. Yep. This is very tough because I actually think Alabama has a, really difficult path here because you've got you could argue two of the hotter teams in the conference other than yourself right that being said i'm going to take and remember i know I don't think that, I don't think it'll adjust things. So if I say Alabama makes the semifinals, okay. So I'm going to say Alabama makes the semifinals against we Kentucky. We don't want Miss Dykes, Dykes coming. I after know, us. I know. Donna Dykes does not need to be <laughs> coming coming to Good Bull and yelling right. at us. Yeah. For being no, but I do think Alabama will make the semifinals because a big reason why is the trend. We've talked about how history um, is important, and Alabama has bucked a lot of trends this year while keeping with many others. And yeah. one thing. That has always happened, as long as Patrick Murphy has been around, is Alabama has won at At least least one SEC tournament game. So I think that will happen. I think they will beat Georgia, although I think that game will be spectacular, and I can't wait to see it. And then I've got Kentucky beating Mississippi State in the second round. I almost want to take Mississippi State. Because I, I just am so curious about Emily Williams. I think our girl Falala, La, la yes. And Mia Davidson. I just love this Mississippi State team because they're actually playing yeah, lot like the team that I thought they would be, yeah. potentially, like that spoiler team. And this is the kind of event where they could spoil, because I'm not sure they're good enough to spoil an NCAA tournament, make a run to supers yeah. or anything. But that being said, Abby Cheek is really good.
0: Grace Ballman has been on fire. I think Kentucky and Alabama are in the semis. I'm going to say Alabama again. Like I said, I, I don't think we're jinxing by saying they'll at least win one game. Uh, I'm going to go with Alabama, and I think Alabama is going to have to play two Bulldogs in a row. I think they beat Georgia, and then they'll have to play Mississippi State. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to say Mississippi State gets on a run, because how many times do you see it? We see it in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. The teams in that first four, you know, getting a game under their belt, they can kind of get things going. And uh, kind of rolled the momentum. And, and Mississippi State is on fire. I mean, right. they just won a road series at Florida. Right. And the multiple games, where does that affect you more? It affects you more pitching-wise. Right. Mississippi State's all about hitting anyway. Yeah. So they just have to have a, a serviceable uh, performance by their pitcher, uh, who is, you know, if it's Emily Williams, she's going to walk 10 anyway. So, <laughs> you know, and, still, and they still have a good chance to win. Right. Uh, so I'm going to say Mississippi State does beat Ole Miss, uh, beats A&M, beats Ole Miss, beats Kentucky, Bama and State in the semis.
2: All right, semifinals. LSU-Tennessee,
0: Tom, who you got? Tigers. You can go LSU. Wow, okay. Because, yeah. again, after that after that first time out, you get to where you can't trust Tennessee at this point Any either. LSU is, is a more talented team, I think, overall. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say Tigers. I think they're just a little bit better.
2: I'm intrigued because who does LSU pitch? after they play florida i assume they throw Sinceri against yeah. florida you could you could argue there she's their ace yeah who after that do you throw wickersham against tennessee
0: i would i mean yeah. I, I would too but she's also a freshman yeah because i think and who I, if she has struggles who comes in i think best is kind of kicking herself for starting gorsuch against alabama instead of uh, wickersham um so I, I i think she's gonna go wickersham there uh which i, I think would be the right call and. Uh, Tennessee, you're kind of you're struggling at that point.
2: Yeah, I I know more about Tennessee's pitching staff there and who they would have in that situation, and I also don't think that they would have to use Rogers to beat Missouri. I think they could use Maddie Moss and beat Missouri. So I'm going to take Tennessee, okay, and all say right. they make the championship game. All right, all right. I've got Alabama, Kentucky, revenge game. I'm taking Alabama. I'm taking Alabama over Kentucky because i also think that you know while we've talked about Grace Ballman and Autumn Humes being hot they also both got lit up against yeah. Texas Tech right and we'll see how the game goes against Mississippi State we both have that happening i have Kentucky winning but i highly doubt you're about to see Mississippi State be held to a run or yeah. shut out True. so i just think alabama's not going to want to lose three games to kentucky in the same season so give me the crimson tide to make the championship
0: at the risk of of facing the wrath of miss dykes i'm going to agree with you i'm going to go with alabama beating mississippi sakes that's a that's a cinderella cinderella run for mississippi state but i don't see them being able to beat a&m all miss kentucky and then alabama in a three in a three-day stretch um It'd be a
2: heck of a murder in this (laughs) row.
0: It would be, yeah, it's a very tough uh, slate for them, so I'm going to say Alabama as well. All right. Our championship series. You have Alabama LSU. Right. We we just did this. Yeah, and LSU wins. LSU just just kills them. (laughs) It's not even, run
2: rule, it won't even be close. (laughs) Okay. I've got Alabama, Tennessee. I will take Tennessee as well. There you In go. In run rule fashion.
0: <laughs> might as Taylor well. Taylor Arnold. Just game. Might as well game.
2: not even show up. <laughs> Why <laughs> are we? <laughs> no, but seriously, because I have to drive home the next day, which is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> right, yeah, so let's we go. Do, we do have a selection show on Sunday. Right. But that being said... matchup wise you got Alabama LSU storylines there, are remarkable LSU looking for revenge and Alabama Tennessee I would love to see it because we didn't get to see it in the regular season and I think it would be fascinating especially if the pitching scenario went down like we thought where you're not seeing Montana Fouts until the championship (laughs) which is crazy right
0: or maybe just as a closer maybe in in the semifinals type situation and you
2: could do the same thing if you're Tennessee I mean you've got the three they wouldn't but you could save Ashley Rogers for the championship again I Don't think they would, but conceivably it would be an option. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, hopefully that's the that's the scenario. You know what else is fun, Tom? Mm. Eating. Yes, it's
0: my favorite. (laughs) I enjoy it. Well, I've heard that you're hungry. (laughs) At this very moment, I'm not, but (laughs) maybe later. But you have been hungry.
2: (laughs) Yes. And that is our segue. Thank you. Into the Tom's Hungry segment of the show, I will be sharing a microphone as well with. SID extraordinaire, Nathan Sheehan. Yes. Because he, too, he has also,
0: thoughts about food, he, and he <laughs> is eating eating with us every week. Right. So uh, as, as we bring uh, Nathan Sheehan in, um, what, a, what a great stretch for Alabama on the road, getting to go to Baton Rouge, Crawley, Louisiana, Houston, Texas, and now College Station. You can't eat any better than this. Yeah, the winning in the games weren't a guarantee.
3: Right. But we knew that off the field, we would all probably win. So right. we're glad to see that the, the team followed suit as yeah. well. You know, that helps. But yeah, Absolutely. The, the food has been fantastic. <laughs> and I just want to say it's an honor to be on this segment. Now, I know the analysis and the breakdowns, deer, it's all been great. But right. this, <laughs> this is a segment that I think everyone one hundred percent. So I, I, I also am not hungry. I was, but now I'm not. Hungry. <laughs> Tom, go ahead and lead the way. I know this is your, right. uh, your segment, so I'll just follow suit here.
0: All right, so the first thing we have in Baton Rouge, the uh, Thursday Night Italian with Little Village.
3: And Gray was unfortunately not there for no, that. No, not unfortunately Another Thursday there. night, right. missed, but...
0: But uh, we, we talk about the Italian place uh, in Leonardo's in Florida with the rolls that they have there. We found better bread at Little Village in Baton Rouge.
3: I was initially hesitant, but eventually I, I did relent, and I, I agree. It was... Uh, <laughs> fantastic and I got the chicken parm you had the lasagna correct? yes yes um, chicken parm yes.
0: it was so good it was, it was <laughs> delicious yeah, lasagna was outstanding I was forced to eat it all I was not going to <laughs> I pushed them right day. I was peer I pressured not want into to it. start on a weak note like that <laughs> that's true well I, and I you know I appreciate thank you for pushing me right that's but, what good teammates <laughs> do <Tom. laughs> and then uh what and then the next thing the next day we went to a nice place called Sammy's correct, correct yep so, uh, what, what was your, what was your favorite thing at Sammy's?
3: Ooh, that's tough. Uh, the gator bite uh, appetizer. We were a couple weeks late on that. Yeah, you know, right. we should have had that in Gainesville, but, uh, that was excellent. I had catfish, which, you know, I always love catfish. I always, uh, shout out to little Dewey's in Starkville. That's mm. one of my favorites. We didn't get a chance to do that this year. Um, but that was really fantastic. Just lightly breaded enough. Why that's where a lot of the fried catfish I see is too kind of heavy on the breading and stuff. Bre- yeah. This was yeah. just light and flaky and good. Um, I liked it a lot yeah. I had a good beer too <laughs> and
0: that, I went with the Shrimp Po' Boy Which Baton Rouge You can't do wrong With a Po' Boy And it was outstanding
2: Yeah I had the same Po' Boy as you yeah. Crab Bisque Which was great mm-hmm. um, I had another appetizer That I'm forgetting I had, had so much cake. food there You had there. a crab cake Yes and, I had the yes. crab cake As well All the crabs It was so <laughs> I, have, I, have, I a, ate all the crabs yeah. It was delicious Sammy's Grill Big fan, and that was my first meal of a trip. Right. So that was a great way for me to kick it off as well.
0: And we were, we were wondering if Sammy's was even going to make the cut because the only negative about Sammy's was it took a while to get out to us. Uh, right. But once it was there, it was great. With such a good food slate, we kind of have to nitpick. Right. <laughs> so, you go. So yeah. <laughs> find, find something there. Uh, and then we went to walk-ons. Uh, kind of a chain. It 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 does make the cut though to be able to get on Tom's Hungry because it is a regional chain. They're based in Baton Rouge, and uh, I had what they call the Hangover Burger, which had a had eggs, bacon, uh, cheese, a big burger. I could not eat all of it, but Tom's it was not hungry. W- uh, no, I wasn't. It was just the name, I, I it was was just the name
3: of the a burger. <laughs> Tom was very responsible. was he, not <laughs> right. And I had basically every Cajun thing they had on the menu. But yeah. Uh, the boudin balls were as the appetizer Fantastic mm. And I had what they called the Cajun Dillas Which is oh. boudin and uh, andouille sausage All sort kind of right. in a
2: quesadilla package And it was fantastic There you go, very good And I had the chicken alfredo That would be D-E-A-U-X I'm going need to ask them to learn how to spell Walk-ons really hammered that home <laughs>
0: They're all about the X's there <laughs> The
2: chicken alfredo was superb Big fan of walk-ons as
0: well and Tom, you, and I sort of regretted it after fact. I only got a taste. I think, did you oh, get yes. the dessert as yeah. well? Oh, the dessert! Oh yeah, yes. the uh, Krispy Kreme <laughs> bread pudding. Oh my gosh!
2: It was it was trademarked with <laughs> the Krispy Kreme name. Yes. And I did not care. Good that call. This was synergy or whatever. Right. Holy smokes! <laughs> that
0: was oh, indeed. It was very sweet, but uh, oh boy, it was good. And shout out to the uh, chili cheese uh, machine at Tiger Park <laughs> as well. Uh, for, for the hot dogs there. Anything else in Baton Rouge, or are we on to uh, Crawley? Baton Rouge, no. We are on uh, to Texas now, I believe. Well, Crawley first. Yes. Oh God, how did I overlook that? You, you cannot right? skip the Habits Compound in Crawley. The uh, the crawfish broil and uh, the crawfish. I'm not a big crawfish eater. I, I, I am. It, yeah, I know, Nate. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a lot of work for just a little bit of meat, but it was good. I'll, I'll give it to him. This was really. It was almost too spicy, but it was right on the edge, and it was really good. I enjoyed it. I think you're understating a little bit, Tom. It <laughs> is my we did
3: this a couple years ago. Last time we came to LSU, I think it was 15. Well, when we came to Lafayette for... Uh... Well, we did that too, but we also done it at House okay. House before. I just can't remember offhand which year it was. But my favorite meal of all time. You know, since moving down south, the Cajun food has become one of my favorite ones. And they, the habits is know how to do it and do it well. <laughs> yes. It was, it was a great setup. It was a newer house, same location, but a, a newly built house. And so they had the big table set up where it was just they heap the crawfish on there and you just go to town. Oh, and yeah. I don't even want to think about how many pounds or calories of yeah. that I ate. But that's not why you're there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and all the extra stuff was great. The jambalaya, uh, the potatoes, and everything mm-hmm. just around it. And just the environment. That's, you know, half of it, too, is this. just yeah. around friends. And it's a, we
0: slept LSU <laughs> in LSU. In LSU. I don't know if we've mentioned that So before. it was
3: just a good, you know, atmosphere, a good environment. And the food, obviously, was just cherry yeah. on top. And
0: literally the spiciest corn I've ever eaten because it just <laughs> so, it's just soaked into the into the crawfish spice. Oh my gosh, good uh, stuff! The boudin egg rolls yeah deserve a
2: special place in my heart. Those mm-hmm. were great. A shout out to I think it was uh, Allison Habits' sister who made the cupcakes and arranged them in the Alabama A. Yeah, yeah. It was, there was also mm-hmm. bread pudding there. Blue- I did not have you had it blueberry delight. Yes. Oh. Um, there was a rousing game of cornhole between the four. Of of us here in Good Bull. right Gray and Tom the out of the box team versus Team Bama U <laughs> Stephanie Van Prothro and Nathan Sheehan. There was some epic Center worthy <laughs> moments right. in that match,
0: and unfortunately we were unable to get it finished. But uh, I believe we had the lead when it when at, I, at the point of suspension.
2: You know we need we're on a college campus. Surely there's, Corn there's cornhole around, around here somewhere. somewhere. Yes, and. I would be remiss if I didn't shout out that we also did graduation for yeah, Morgan yeah. Lashley, Mara Schroeder, Caroline Hardy, Courtney Gettens, and Reagan Dykes. Yes, and that was just a blast. Everybody lined up in a uh, what a gauntlet kind of thing, <laughs> and everyone was shooting off streamers and blowing buzzers and whatever yes. you know whatever they're called. It was it great. was just really fun. Girls had these makeshift hats kind of thing out of paper and then the trash bag graduation gowns mm-hmm. it was just really fun it's the only the only kind of thing that you can do with your team and your program and right. your road
0: family and it was just a blast well I mean, and that's just part of what we talked about earlier is how much this team has gelled and yeah. how much they they really love each other and it's it's there's a lot to that you know and that 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 breeds success Now, you know Yes, we to be good softball players, obviously, but <laughs> that helps. <laughs> right. But when, when you all re- truly enjoy being around each other, so that's definitely a huge plus as we move forward here this year. Yeah. But now we go to Houston. Uh, went to the Houston Astros game at Minute Maid Park yesterday, and uh, shockingly, they have some really good ballpark food. Fantastic ballpark food. We kind of did a lap and
3: sort of had our finalists picked out. I think we all got something different, too, which is yeah. nice. So. Yeah. Um, I was the last one to get my food, but I went with the Astro's souvenir helmet, which was filled with, uh, I can't even remember all the ingredients, but the main ones, tater tots, queso, and being in Texas, it was burnt ends, I believe some pork uh-huh. was in there. Yeah. But, you know, by the end of it, it was all just kind of a mush, but a good
0: mush. <laughs> it
3: was amazing. Um... And i trying to think that we. I can't remember if I got dessert or something like that too. I don't
0: know. I don't think so. No, I I went and got the you know, baseball helmet of ice cream because yes. you have to do that. Yeah. Um, and then I had the contractually uh, required, <laughs> contractually actually. obligated. Uh, and then I also got the. Um, I got a chili cheese dog with, free, with Fritos on them, which, oh, is a, which is a big deal here, and it was quite, quite delicious. Yeah, I
2: got the—it's either called Frachos or Frachos, I'm not sure, <laughs> but it was waffle fries—waffle fry nachos, basically, with queso, mm. with onions, with a little bit of barbecue sauce on there. Oh, Lord. Yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and I went Shake Shack and got a burger because I didn't eat lunch. I don't know why.
0: And this segment's called Tom's Hungry. Yes. But apparently it was (laughs) (laughs) great.
2: And the burger was good as well. It wasn't your Alabama Shake Shack. It was. It was for those in Tuscaloosa. It was called Shake Shack, but everything was modeled like Burger Fi in town, which was fine by me because I enjoy Burger Fi. That's good. Yeah. And overall, it was just a spectacular baseball game of dining.
0: Yeah. And the game itself was really good too. It was. Yeah. The final score was six to four. They were taking on the Royals, who not good this year but they somehow
2: have, even though they've got right. everyone
0: on the team is good at yeah, triples. Yeah, they have good players and it was a <laughs> 6-4 game. Every run but one was scored via a home run and then you had out, Jose Altuve make two barehanded plays and a diving catch to end the game in the outfield right in front of us cuz we were in, in the right field oh, stands. So the Royals poor pitching made it exciting. It, it certainly helped.
3: This <laughs> second pitch was yeah. the home run. Yeah. Off yes. the wall? I mean, yeah,
0: Springer goes yard on the second pitch. Uh, That inning, so it was a it was a lot of fun. A great, a lot lot of different things fell into place for us to even be able to go to the game. And we Uh, apologize, Mary Schroeder. I know she was very jealous that we got to go, and she did not. And bobbleheads and everything, Uh, and then of course. Finishing things up here at Good Bull. Well, uh, before we get to Good oh. Bull, I want to give a brief shout out to Bucky's that we went on the way. Oh from.
3: Yes. yes. Oh, that's sort of the go-to Texas sort of road trip experience. That was my first time, I believe. it was. Me too. Cool yeah. 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 So I got the uh, the Beaver Nuggets, which is basically like a caramel puff kind of caramel corn thing. Amazing. And yeah. Again, being in Texas. Had a uh, Dr Pepper
0: icy, which they like their fantastic. Dr Pepper around here. Love it. Yeah, and it was. Uh, if you've never been to a Bucky's, imagine middle of nowhere, mini Walmarts with gas is what this thing is, <laughs> and it was it was awesome. You could you could spend an hour just walking around Bucky's and deciding what you're going to get.
2: Yeah, we went to um, the Waller, Texas location. I got the spicy. I think they're called Sizzling Saltines, at the oh. suggestion of Nathan Sheehan because he said that I mean, yes. Sydney Little John's mother had brought them a while back and uh i tried them and they were delicious so yeah. that was great and i got some grape jelly
3: and <laughs> i'm
0: gonna use eventually and some steak seasoning i got the steak seasoning too yes. i'm ready i'm gonna be grilling out at home at some point point. and when i go home on my marathon drive on sunday
2: <laughs> to make it in time for the selection show my plan is to stop at bucky's spend a lot of money load up on everything (laughs) and then just
0: book it to tuscaloosa and i'll be eating bucky's the whole way home sounds good and then say and then we wrap it up here with our uh say here at good bull and we appreciate again them for having us here this afternoon for the uh live to tape uh recording of the podcast and literally like i said the best potato salad i've ever had um, the barbecue sandwich I had, macaroni and cheese was outstanding. Just uh, a really great. In a place where you're going to find a lot of great barbecue, this, this definitely stands out. Yeah,
3: definitely a lot of competition around, but obviously they're one of the best. And it's the first time for Tom and I. Like, I think you mentioned earlier, really great and stuff. Both came here last time. Yeah. Um, I ended up getting the pulled pork, and I also had the potato salad. And I'll also have to agree with you. Absolutely fantastic. Went back for the banana pudding, which was equally great. Honestly, I don't think you could go wrong with anything here. I mean, it was yeah. great. And then, like to say the ownership was great, allowing us to come in and do this and just kind of hang out. You know, a couple of Alabama guys in uh, Texas a <laughs> and territory. Just having fun. Yeah, yeah it's a great atmosphere, a uh, great restaurant, and most
2: importantly, great food. There you go. As <laughs> the rain pours down <laughs> outside, you might be able to hear it in the background. Uh, yeah, thank you to Roy May for letting us come and post up here. Uh, even like now They're closed And we're still here <laughs> Recording the podcast <laughs> right. Which is just very nice And they've extended Their hand for the rest Of the week And said we can come Anytime Which is just great And again Cannot advertise This place enough yeah. I loved
0: The whole Everything Hopefully we uh, get An opportunity To come back here As we have a Extended stay In uh, College Station Here this week Well tomorrow We're going to see Endgame for you Tom I know Finally I get to Get on the full Internet again After I've been Trying to avoid Spoilers <laughs> for endgame so yeah I'm gonna go we're gonna go check that out tomorrow and a lot of hopefully they get some softball in say it's absolutely pouring down rain the the forecast doesn't look great for most of the week but hopefully we can find places to get these games in and uh because I mean we're here yeah you so. can make the argument and I know we've had before that the SEC tournament is as tough of a tournament as you'll see including the women's college world series yeah just top to bottom anyone can beat anybody we talked about it before Alabama has six losses in the conference this year and uh, they were to the and four of the six were to the three bottom teams in the league as the Sandings ended up so anyone can beat anyone that. that's a testament to those teams that's not not yeah. saying anything it's Alabama that's a testament to those teams anybody can beat anybody in this league so it's going to be a great uh tournament here this weekend
2: but if we struggle to play games we can always eat now come on back and <laughs> that the Tom's hungry that's Tom's yes. hungry thank you to Nathan Sheehan for popping yes. in
3: yes thank you very much for having me this it's been great really honestly the podcast has been a lot of fun to listen to i know a lot of our fans and everybody really enjoys it too so good job guys kind of keeping everybody entertained and uh obviously it's a well-informed good discussion um and it's been fun to listen to and great to be on thank you
2: thanks thank you so that's tom's hungry yes thank you to nathan sheehan and now it is time for us to proceed with our day here in College Station. It's a busy week yes, a lot here of at the SEC happening.
0: Tournament. Before we go, though, Tom, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at a T Canterbury R-T-R, that's C-A-N-T-E-R-B-U-R-Y uh, on Twitter, and you'll get all sorts of information, a lot of the softball uh, stuff now, obviously, and then uh, some wrestling involved in there, and I'll, I'll talk about in-game coming up here. Game of Thrones All sorts of stuff Happening at T Canterbury RTR
2: I cannot wait to see Your first post In game tweet I I will retweet it
0: I still don't know If I'm emotionally ready You're not Okay Alright
2: here we go You can follow me At Gray G-R-A-Y Underscore Robertson You can also follow The show at Out of the box Underscore pod And if you want to hear Alabama When they play Over at Davis Diamond Tom Where can people go To listen to us On the radio
0: If you're in Tuscaloosa And just to listen Over the air on the radio Go to 93.3 FM Uh, If you're outside of Tuscaloosa, because it's not a very powerful radio station, uh go to rolltide.com and they're on the schedule page there's a live audio uh link right there. So just click on that that has all the games for you uh all all year long and hopefully uh we got another month or so of it doing. I hope so. I hope so and that would mean another
2: month of the podcast. Yes. And it has been fun so far. There's a lot more coming up but that's it for this episode, episode nine. Thank you to Good Bull for letting us come in here and to get this great table. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Roy May for letting us come in, owner of Good Bull. The food was fantastic as well. Thank you to Nathan Sheehan for joining us. Thank you to Alabama pitching coach Stephanie Van Brickel, Pro prothrow Pitch,
0: Pitching coach air. of the year, obviously. Yes, she <laughs> obviously. used to hit as well. Yes, and, she uh, did.
2: and she's got a pint of potato salad. <laughs> we will all, well, maybe not all of us, but I've got dibs <laughs> coming up. Up later, and I also want to see what Allison Habits does when she puts that (laughs) potato salad in her mouth. Good (laughs) lord. That's it for this episode, episode nine. For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. We've got games coming up this week. We will start Thursday here in the SEC tournament, and we will be on the air until we lose, and then we dig into the NCAA's. It is that time of year, Tom. It is mayhem.
0: All right. We'll be on the air until we win it. That's right. That's, that's true. I, I that's think that's true. probably a better way You're to right. put it.
2: <laughs> so that's all coming up on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. So for Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Saying thank you, loyal listeners, for tuning in. As always, we'll see you next time on the Out of the Box Podcast.